This is so exciting. What's up, everyone? <laughs> Welcome to the huddle. The chillest huddle that's out there. Hope everyone's brought some gloves and is getting comfy. As we will start discussing all things cute JPEGs in a moment. Nothing said in the huddle is financial or any kind of advice. And is for entertainment purposes only. And now, let's go! Yay! So, GM, GM, everyone, and welcome to the 11th episode of The Huddle. And, um, yeah, today I am beyond excited to have high-stakes poker champion Feder Holz here with me in the show. And Feder, I got so many messages uh, when I posted that we will have this uh, spaces because... Um, a fellow Apache penguin said, oh, I only bought my penguin because of Fedor. This is so exciting. So, oh my goodness. So I think you brought like, I don't know, you made lots of Apache penguins happy by coming into the show today. Uh, so welcome, welcome, welcome. I, I don't know, shall I? I mean, you had such, you, you had like such a crazy career maybe for those. I mean, you focused on high roller tournaments. You are regarded as one of the best life and online poker players worldwide. And in 2014 and 15, you were ranked as best online MTT player by Pocket Fives. And you won your first World Series of poker in 2016. And you, I don't know, you you worked like lots and lots, you earned lots and lots of money or you won lots and lots of money and um, then you kind of retired from poker and now I, I think you just gave some some classes or lessons uh, on, on Twitch. So are you now doing more more of a, I don't know, teaching or what is, what are you doing now? Are yeah, you so being I mean, a penguin? <laughs> first, for, besides being my penguin, first of all, uh, I mean, obviously, I invested all that money I won in penguins, so that's that's the step one of, of, of success. Um, people say choose stable assets, and that's what I did. So, um, and Sta stable penguins, yes. Stable penguins, yeah. Um, no, but in in terms of poker, uh, yeah, it was a it was a really uh, exciting time. I I play less nowadays and, and regarding teaching, I started a company called Poker Code, which is uh, a poker community where me and uh, some other really successful poker players teach. So if you're passionate about poker and want to get better, then uh, that's uh, that's the right place. And we have actually over a thousand people in there and we're pretty active and uh, becoming more and more active. So I just did a public uh, Twitch coaching an hour ago that is very exciting because i think um we have in in the penguin huddle we have like weekly poker tournaments among the fashion right. penguins if i'm Ooh, look at this in the house this is exciting i think i get you up on stage Ooh, this is like what a huddle oh my goodness so yeah we we have these these uh, poker tournaments uh so that, that's very exciting so what can you what can you um tell like i don't know people who get into poker patchy penguins especially who get into <laughs> po <laughs> who get into poker like uh, what you know is you do do you have to be a prodigy or do you have to be super disciplined or you just have to be lucky or all of this like what would be your advice um i mean this would sound weird now but it's actually I, I don't think it is that difficult to become good at poker um i think it is quite difficult to become 
extreme like top 10 in the world i think is very very hard and and uh, i think comparable to other sports or or areas though i think it's easier to become like top 5000 or or top 2000 so um i think it's uh, it's mostly just a matter of um keeping a positive uh, approach like enjoying the game and then spending a lot of time uh, on learning it in the right way and uh yeah most people just stop stop at some point and kind of uh, don't really continue learning much and that's that's the reason why i think they get stuck and and don't really get better anymore and, and what do you think like how many hours would you need to invest to to kind of level up uh, it's it's so hard to say because it's it kind of depends on your you know your innate ability um but there's also a threshold where i would say it's basically impossible to to make it before that so i would say if you want to earn money with poker consistently it's probably a couple thousand hours so we're we talking about you know you can make a living i think you would need to invest at least four five six thousand hours um so it's basically you know two years of of full-time playing or you know uh, maybe the third year then uh, you can you can make enough to to live of it if you um, want to make it like very well then i think you need to cross that ten thousand hour line so i i i would say three four or five years you need to play to make it uh, to the top so it's really a time investment obviously so you can be a prodigy or you can be super good in in statistics and whatnot but you you need to be disciplined too yeah, I, I think it's kind of. I think of it as an equation of a how smart you approach it, and b how much time you invest. And if you are, you know, if you approach it really, really, really smart, like obviously, I would save myself a lot of time if I would coach myself now. Like I would, I would probably get to the same point in like half the time. But um, you can't go around investing the time. So I think that's that's what it is in every area. Is you you need to put in. Uh, sometime if you want to be good at something yeah completely agree and was it like a deliberate choice of you like oh you know sometimes as a child you you think oh i want to be a singer or movie star was it like oh i want to be a, a poker player or how did it came about no not really i just love playing games i started playing um basically any types of board games uh, i played chess very competitively then i started playing computer games so very competitive in in strategy computer games and there was actually a a, a really old school 2d shooter game uh, which was more a strategy game than it was a shooter game that uh, i played on an extremely competitive level so there i probably sunk like four or five thousand hours or something um and then i started playing poker like with 16 17 so um i i think it was a, a lifetime of preparing for uh playing games and never really unfortunately there wasn't really an environment to to make money with with playing games and having fun playing games and poker was the first uh the first environment that i that i faced and i just really really enjoyed it to be able to make a living off of it this is really really exciting and um so so i i think i i read somewhere that you basically started like in school to play poker and then somewhere you you decided okay i make this full time i become a poker pro or... uh it, it's more like sliding into something like i i think in in hindsight you know you can always tell the story of yeah i did that and then i planned that i i think actually it was more you know i started playing a home game with my friends so we met once a week at one of our friends houses and then we brought you know one of these poker chip 
um, yeah, we brought poker chips and we started playing and, and we played for euros, you know, it was like five euros, 10 euros. So, so that we were students at that time. And, and then, um, one and a half years later, I started to, um, study. So I was like 17, um, and 18. And then I hated studying. I hated university. I didn't, I, I really tried. I was really okay. Like this is my, this is the kind of the only path I see, uh, and uh, most most of my friends were were studying. I was like, okay, damn! If I don't like this, I don't really know what what path I can choose. And um, and then I stopped studying, and poker was the only thing I really enjoyed doing, and I continued doing that. And then, luckily, I think I mean it was a I would say it was a year of pain, so it was about like twelve months of a of a gap in between. But luckily, after that, I I uh, turned poker into something I can. Um, yeah, I can be very successful with and, and make enough money with to not care about uh, going back to university. Yeah, this is crazy. And and the, the thing is, I mean, you you really, uh, I mean, you you started your career from the scratch, right? And and you you worked your way up, and um, it's it's really remarkable because um, yeah, you 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 did all achieve by yourself and by by all your discipline and everything. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not sure if I I mean I could you know lean into this uh, this this story and just be like yeah I did it all by myself like self made and but in the end I think it's uh, I I think it's a it's a matter of circumstances or, or circumstances that uh, that all come together and I I mean I I met a lot of people on my path and a lot of people had a huge impact on on that process if I wouldn't have uh, kind of shaped that environment of uh, of people around me that I learned a, a ton from and, and who really kind of held, like we kind of held it together and, and all together became really successful uh, in poker. And without that, I don't think it would have worked the way it worked out. So I, I think in hindsight, it, it's really more um, the combination of I loved what I was doing. I woke up and I, I, I dreamt of it. I was excited. I had more energy afterwards than before. I think this is really... A, really an important um aspect of it like i really loved playing poker and the second was a great environment that that um had great synergies with that so it multiplied it people i i had people i could bounce back and forth ideas with and then third um i, I think also the environment beyond that right so the poker environment the state of the world like my age i had no responsibilities so it just some things coming together and that just mixed into a really nice cocktail of uh, amazing five years and and uh, uh yeah just a very successful time for me and i i'm glad i'm glad it happened but i also wouldn't say like i, I you know i i laid out the plan and then i just uh, fought my way through it with hard discipline and uh, so like I, I i wouldn't describe it that way Okay, okay, that's interesting. But would you advise anybody to become a professional poker player or not? Because you know, it's like when I when I watch Molly's game, for instance. Oh my yeah. goodness! You know, it's like I sign up for this. I want to be a poker player because uh, it the, sounds it, it looks so glam and so exciting. You know, so I, the part where you get beaten up by Russian mafia. Or? Well, that, that part less, but, but 
But the first part, like very much, you know, it looks very, oh, you're sitting with your hedge fund friends and you you know, all, all of this. It's it, it looks like a very exciting world. And um, yeah, so, so would you advise somebody to, to become a professional poker player? Or is it like very different behind the scenes from what we are seeing in the movies? It, it's very simple. I mean, first of all, all the movies don't really resemble what the life is like. So that's number one. Uh, but secondly, it, it's the worst life you can choose if you don't like poker, because that's what you do uh, like all the time. So it's really hard to you know give that advice to someone. It's it's um, in the end, I think so dependent on what your personal preference is. So what I would say whenever someone approaches me, I don't think there is like a you know a very um, emotionally detached way you can approach this. I think you need to be exploring what your emotional stance towards is what your experience is is like try it and then see if you like it because without knowing if you if you enjoy it you know like if if you imagine this like try it out like play a poker tournament for 12 hours and see if you still like it and if you then after that say like oh i want to do this again then um that's a good sign so if you don't, you know, if you're like, oh, damn, I, I just sat here for 12 hours, like, I'm not really enjoying this, like, this is this is not how I want to spend my time, then there's no way you will ever uh, really find a good setup for you in poker, I think. Well, this is very interesting because it's basically that the intrinsic um, motivation is first or has to come first, and then everything else follows. Like, you really have to, I mean, it's, 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 uh, basically everywhere right like if you really love what you're doing this is i guess where you go the extra mile and then you become more or less automatically like you you want to become better and better and then um hopefully ultimately money will follow but it's it's not uh, vice versa it's not the other way around i mean i i think about it very simply like whenever you learn something then i think there. Uh, it, it's it's being abstracted too much. I think in the end, it's very simply like, okay, you know, our, our synapses, they're firing and you need to build, like you need to strengthen that area where um, it, like it's it, they're taking the path of like making you better at what you want to solve, right? Like when you, when you want to get really good at memorization, what you will do is you will memorize things till you get better and better and better and better at memorizing. What you do for it is you kind of train your brain in a way to just do the task in a much more uh, efficient and effective way. So if you have a resistance towards doing that, then you won't build out that, that mental strength, right? So if, if you sit there and you're like, ah, I'm not interested, like, I, you know, I don't care about this, like, this is not fun, then nothing in your brain will build towards that mental capability, right? So um, when I was training poker, is I, I when I faced a problem, I was my entire body was you know like uh, driving towards the solution. I I wanted to like afterwards I talked you know to five people about hey what would you do here I I used mathematical equations like I did Excel spreadsheets I I um, reviewed the YouTube um, uh, footage of my opponents to get the most preparation out. I, I watched that their online hands that they played to be prepared when I played the game because I wanted to, you know, not because I followed a script or because I, I, someone told me to do this because I wanted to solve this puzzle. 
And um, I, I think without that wanting, it's um, not really going to get to a point where you where you uh, excel, you know, where you're really at a point where, oh, I've done this like with such a drive, with such a passion for thousands of hours. Then that's when you start doing things that that are uh, innovative. Before that, it's just, you know, everyone has like thousands of people have done this before. Like the moment when I started doing things that, you know, I was maybe one of the first to do it was after thousands and thousands of hours of, of going through things that other people have gone through before. Yeah, this is this is a, um, a very good point, I think. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I wanted I wanted to ask you, what do you think um, of play to earn games? <laughs> that's because, nice. Yeah, that's because a nice you, switch. Like, yeah, no, sorry, because yeah. you like you like games. I wanted to ask you this a bit earlier already, but I missed the point. So, what do you? Yeah. Because you like games, and and now it's like all about play to earn games. Yeah, it's it's so funny because I think in the NFT world, like generally, when let's say when new concepts come up, people kind of go away from first principle thinking, right? So it, it's like they start like they start creating new words for things, and then now these new words like. They, they tap into an imagination of things uh, and, and people start building these, you know, these visions for things, how they could be. And then you kind of forget that, like, hey, wait a second, you know, people have been doing this for like 20 years already. Uh, it's, it's just so like to me, it's so weird. It's like people build these like, oh, games could be this and games could be that. And there could be in like, yeah, there's been in-game items for like, I don't know, 25 years. There's been there's been items being sold on the internet for like 15 years. There's been, you know, like RuneScape. People have been selling accounts forever, like World of Warcraft. I have sold accounts and items myself. It's like, yes, of course, the infrastructure isn't great. Like, you don't really own it. Like, yeah, there's lots of things. Yes, of course, the, the process can become better. The infrastructure can become better. Um, like, creators should participate. There's lots of things about it that that, that are... Um, have too much friction, right? Like I think when there are these 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 improvements, then I think for me in my mind it's a lot about how to improve effect by reducing friction. And when we look at uh, games so far, then I think what people have optimized is fun, right? They have optimized for hey, games should be fun because pe when people have fun, they play the game a lot, and then they recommend it to their friends, and then you can do a second game with new features and then you have really great sales numbers and that's what is a great um, leading KPI for them to decide if a game is successful. It's, um, I mean, you can also give it a negative twist and say, okay, when people get addicted by the game, that's great. But but in my, in my perception, it's, hey, when a game is fun, then people will play it and that means success. And I think when, when people look at play to earn, they kind of take out the absolutely essential thing, which is the game. Like a game should be fun. The game should be great. And there's a reason why there are people who have been working on developing games forever. And now people who have never done that kind of think like, uh, yeah, I, I can do that too, you know, which you can, like, of course you can, like, you can learn to develop great games and, and there will be a mate like out of this wave and this new um this new um energy i think also that is being put in that direction um because people see opportunity that there will be great things coming out but i think people highly underestimate how difficult and how much time it takes to build an amazing game that millions of people love to play 
it's hard. Like it's it's hard. May, may, may I ask, do you play any play to earn like Axie or like second generation play to earn or oh, I think they're terrible. To... Like I, I really No I think, way. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's I, I mean that's my that's my part, right? I I much rather like why do I why do I need uh, an earning element that I think is, you know, shallow. Like I, I rather play a game where there's nothing about like I, I'm not interested in earning like six bucks an hour when the game is mediocre. I rather like don't make six dollars uh, and play a game that um, is uh, much more exciting for me, right? So I think the trade-off basically is um, poker is a good example, right? I I think poker is an exciting game. Is it the most exciting game I've ever played? No, but it's play to earn for shit loads of money, right? Like it's play to earn for millions. Literally, a, literally. Yeah. yeah, this is what, what I was thinking, you know. I mean, poker has been around for like, what, 20th century or like for ages, you know. Yeah, it's probably. basically, exactly, it's basically a, ba a play to earn, if you if you will, you know. And and I, I think, um, especially as a poker player, coming that from that direction and and having some exposure also to, to the gaming industry and, and gaming and, and friends who have developed games and um, and sold gaming studios. Um, I, I think the the trickiest part around play to earn is finding a great balance between variance and fun. Like I think this is the um, this is the actually the tricky part that I've seen a lot of uh, play developers who now think about play to earn. They don't really understand that mechanic because they've never really played a game. Um, to the extent that I, and I think poker players are great examples for that um, have experienced because you understand it very quickly is like why is chess not being played for millions of dollars why is Magic the Gathering not being played for millions of dollars why you know like there's there's a good reason like why is World of Warcraft like you know why is it a shabby uh, f you know like five dollars an hour you can make like fishing uh, for uh, and then and then turning that into gold and then selling the gold like yeah people build bots and stuff but i i think at the essence um the reason why humans want to play games for higher amounts of money is when there's enough human bias that they can think they're better than someone else while they're not better than the other person so when you play against magnus carlsen in chess then everyone knows he's better but someone can play poker against me and he can beat me. Just not that often. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just not that often. Um, yeah. Do, do you, I mean, do, I mean, is it because with, I mean, with, with you having played these high roller tournaments um, and you just said, oh, actually it's like six bucks per, I don't know what hour or whatnot. It's not that exciting, but so do you think it gets more exciting, uh, with, with the more money uh, that is at stake and also is there more, more pressure and do you behave differently under pressure and under oh, like oh, increased amount of money? Of course, it's it's very different. I, I also didn't mean it like demeaning that, oh, you know, for this type of money, I'm not doing it. It's, it's really more that I think um, that that's not really the end game I'm seeing. You know, like I don't think the, the future we will move towards is that um, like we're all like, you know, soullessly grinding uh, um, like our, our next job is like, a you know, a game. Like I, I don't think that's, uh, uh, you know, like... Uh, 
in a way of hey you don't have fun you just do this you press this button 15 times and then you you get you know uh, an amount of money out of it like I, that, that's just what i wanted to say i don't think that's the direction it will go into what i think it will go into is that um gamification or, or games in general and people having fun and people interacting and people competing i think this movement is very clear like i think with um with better vr with better ar with stronger games with like i mean unity shows it already really great is that um, the way to build games it will become more seamless it will become more accessible people will come up with more realistic better designed games um, oh, for certain. This I'm really excited about. I, I, I'm super excited about games and game development. And at the same time, I'm a bit... Uh, like, I think people who now get into gaming through crypto or game development through crypto, I think they underestimate how challenging it is. And um, in terms of poker, uh, mindset plays a massive role because you asked around the pressure. It's like It's probably my biggest strength in terms of if I try to think about me versus others i've always spent a lot of time working on my uh, mental fortitude and my uh yeah mental stability i think it's it's very important when you lose money for long stretches sometimes as well w would you like to tell us how you did it because i know i mean seeing luca in the audience you know like the pachi penguins are um currently repenting themselves and I are know. kind of yeah and i think it's actually very interesting as like Uh, uh, like putting mental health and all these things more more in, into focus because people don't really speak about it. Like if you're an athlete in, in sport, like people speak about performance, but like that your mental health, that is like kind of the key for everything. Like even if you are in sport uh, and people don't speak about it enough, uh, I think. So I would I would very much love to hear um, what you what you can I don't know recommend what did work for you mm -hmm. and because like the pressure you've been in I I read like some of your buy-ins were like 500k or something yeah. crazy I mean honestly I I would just I don't know I would fall from the share or something you know like, <laughs> so, that so would I, be that would be pretty expensive if you yes <laughs> so so I would very much love to to know what you what you have to to prepare for for such high pressure moments yeah so um, there's actually a lot to it so um, I would say the the baseline is I've always just done a lot of I, I call it mental reflection so I think it is really important to um, kind of take inventory of how you're feeling, what you experience, and and um, deal with it. Let's say it like that. So, and what I've done initially when I started was I I did t keep like a, a diary because in poker one of the the strongest emotions or, or let's say strongest situations and, and most uh, most um, difficult situations is when you tilt. So it basically means when um, you know, uh, you you get you you lose a hand that you feel like you're supposed to win, or um, you know you you feel unfairly treated. Like it, because so much variance is involved, there's going to be a lot of situations where you you will lose when you had the better hand. The other way around, you will win when you had the worse hand. And there's this human bias that it it hurts more when you lose than it feels good when you win. And there's actually uh, I think Daniel Kahneman won his Nobel Prize for this. I think. He calculated a number of how many more times it hurts uh, to win versus uh, it's great to lose. And I think it's 
like the uh, it means a pretty tr like random number but i think it's 2.4 to 1 or something like that so um it, and that that's kind of describing the the experience is even though i win money long term there are quite some long stretches where i lose money and um that can go from days to weeks to months. So the longest losing stretch I had was about eight months. And that can be very mentally challenging. So what I do is I, whenever these negative feelings come up, you know, around like, oh, I sh damn, like, you know, this, especially when it's weaker opponents or when it's, for me, it's really when it's opponents who think they're great and I don't think they're that great. Like this, this I, I, I really struggle with. Um, and they get lucky against me. So, um, especially when it's this reinforcing cycle where, you know, you lose a day, that's okay. Like you lose a week, it's like, okay, it gets a bit harder the next time you lose. And then when I've been losing three, four months, it's this negative cycle of like, oh, I'm going to lose again. You know, like I, they're going to get lucky again and, and, and looping yourself out of that. So I write it down. I write down when I, um, when I don't feel great. Um, it was like, Hey, how did I feel? And then I tried to frame it in a way and, um, I call this injecting logic. So in poker, for example, it's I need to inject the logic that it's totally fine that it is that way. Actually, it's great that it's that way. Because poker having the factor of luck is the only reason I can make money with it. If it wouldn't, it would be like chess. And then I would, you know, like the tournaments would give 10,000 to the winner. But like in poker, it's millions. And the reason is because a weaker player can win. And that is the amazing uh, factor of, of poker. And so I always try to frame it in a positive way. And the other aspect is I've been working with a mental coach. I just actually had a call with him today. Once a week, um, he's prepared me for basically every big uh, tournament I've played. And I've been working with him for almost six years now. So um, very intense uh, sessions around how to optimize my performance at the table how to mentally be um the the freshest and the most uh yeah most present at the table so these are a couple of things around what i've been doing to prep oh, this is super super interesting and i mean i i can't imagine how it is like to to play eight months and to constantly lose because i think at some point really you have this The, the thing in your mind that you will already, the, the problem is if you think, oh, the next time I lose, you behave like you would lose and then you lose. So it becomes like a self-fulfilling um, uh, prophecy, right? Yeah. So so I, I can't imagine going through this. And also I, I, I would assume there is maybe outside pressure if you sell action of, of your... Uh, you're you're right? well informed. Thank you. But I studied game theory, by the way, but I was never into poker because I have kind of a loss aversion and I, I, I get too nervous. So uh, the theory I can do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually, I think um, in the end, it's really, really amazing for personal development because I think it's just constantly hammering on the fact that we as humans, um, take too much possession of things you know we, we we believe we we um deserve a certain thing or you know oh like i i deserve this more than the other person or you know like we get angry when we lose something but i i think there's there's no better training ground 
for personality and, and dealing with that. You know, sometimes things don't work out. Like sometimes things go the other way. And to not have such a negative connotation with that and just was like, yeah, okay, this is what it was right now. Um, let me focus on what I can influence. And what I can influence is I can I can um influence how I'm how I wanna feel about it and I wanna feel great. I don't wanna feel shitty. I wanna feel great. I wanna have fun while doing it. And uh that was really, really a great learning experience because now when when I go out of poker and I face uh let's say downswings or negative variants in other areas i'm just like ah had this a thousand times before like uh, no problem and this is yeah this is really good um i think it really it really teaches you because uh, once you 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 know how to handle these kind of situations i guess yeah you're you're way better um, equipped with handling all kinds of crazy life situations. So, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. But what do you think? Like, how much would you say is luck out of poker? Like, what percentage would you say? Because if you say, okay, like I don't know, percentage X is really what I can do, and percentage Y is like the luck and, and whatnot. You know, so. So, because I would love to know which percentage you think you can influence, which doesn't mean you can, but at least what you think. Mm -hmm. the, I was always a bit um, baffled by the question. It's interesting. It's it's the most asked question in in like in interviews or in, in terms oh, no. of, of poker. <laughs> no, it's it's no problem. It's no problem. But it's funny because. Um, It's more the way I think about it now, and maybe that's because of poker. I don't know if I have thought about it like this before, but I would think of it more like this. It's not, okay, X percent is skill and Y percent is luck, and you know, uh, and both together is 100%. I think of it more like you do X, and the luck is only the multiplier, basically. So there are certain things where the you know the multiplier is one. So it's like okay, instant translation. However good you are, that's exactly what you will get. And then sometimes the multiplier leads to a very high variance, right? So it's kind of like you you throw a dart and it can go left, it can go right. Like th there's a very high standard deviation. So in poker we call it standard deviation. And so the way I think about luck is really more. Um, When we play one day against each other, you will win, you know, 20% of the time. When we play one week against each other, you will win 0.1% of the time. And when we play one month against each other, you will win 0%. You know, that's that's the way I would think about luck because the the more volume we play, the smaller the deviation will be. Um, so that's this how is so I good. This is so exciting because you know, actually, lots of um, athletes and like top people say this that if you ask them, "Oh, are you a prodigy or like is it luck?" and you know, the the thing is, with, with most people that really made it and are successful, it's basically hard work and discipline, and then because. If you keep on going and going and going, then, you know, eventually you can call it luck, but also like eventually you might succeed, you know, because it's kind of then uh, the, the numbers are may maybe in your favor or because um, the, you reduce the, um, 
the, the likelihood of luck or you, you will choose the, the likelihood of, of anything else other than your work. So I think it's, it's good to think of like, oh, the, the more we, we play, then the, the less um, luck is actually a factor. Yeah, but also, I, I would also throw in that I think we highly underestimate uh, what environment plays for a role and, and what impact we have. You know, I, I think w what I think is highly uh, um, underestimated in it is, think, I, I think about it like this. So let's say, let's say there's 10 equal human beings, okay? Let's say there are 18 and there's 10 equal human beings. I mean, there, this doesn't exist, but let's say there are, okay? I think of it more like this where and you can start this at zero when they were born or whatever, or even before. But the way I think about it is they don't have, um, like, there's not something that they have done themselves at this point to have the capability to identify markets or opportunities or, you know, evaluate where the world will turn within the next 30 years. So they're at the start of their life. And let's say they all decide to found a company, right? And let's say they all go by their gut feeling. And there's, let's say now there's a box of 10 options they can choose. And they all draw out like a different option. And one starts, you know, they all 10 start a company in 10 different areas. Um, oftentimes, if you look, take a look at like after one year, yes, there is a factor of um, your skill set and your mindset and, um, and let's say your, your setup. Yeah. But, um, there's also the environmental factor where if you start in um, in an environment where things are growing and things are going great and there's more money flowing in and there's more opportunities and um, and let's say that's, you know, right now, NFT space, uh, 2021, uh, January or whatever, and you launch this company. It wasn't that you predicted the world to behave in a certain way, right? It's It's just you had a certain passion for something. A lot of people have a certain passion for something. And then you fell into this environmental box of gold and that multiplies. And I think this is the undervalued part where if I look at my friends that have been super successful, there is a certain part where you can say, yeah, there's more likely they're going to be more successful, but it's mostly out of that, that spiral of initial success or let's say initial uh, good things that happened to them. They they made great experiences. They made met great people. They started getting resources. They invested resources in their learnings. With those resources, they got to learn more. They got to meet new great people. They got to, you know, get uh, like uh, build, get more responsibility, build greater companies. Got even more responsibility. Got to learn even more. Got to get to know even better. And now they're thirty five and. Uh, you know, are billionaires and um, have an amazing network and have learned a shit ton of stuff, but it's not that they have lined that out. You know, they weren't 16 and were like, okay, this is my life for the next 20 years. So I, I think what I just want to say is I, I don't think I, I'm, uh, I, I don't think it's just hard work and discipline and I, I deserve where I am. I just think it's more, uh, we all play the lottery and, and uh, I, I, I think we can only just have fun uh, while doing it. Yeah, very, very, very sad. Uh, very interesting. And you mentioned growing industries. And now basically in crypto or NFTs, it seems everything is a unicorn. Um, so I, I would love to know, how did you, like a slight change of topic, how did you came into crypto or NFTs? Because I think, you know, 
Uh, there are actually a few into into NFTs or crypto. I think Alex Weiss, who's like a fellow Pachi Penguin. Yeah. We have Keyboard Monkey. We have Seneca. So there are actually also like a few X or still poker players or whatnot, but like people with this poker player background who are now in crypto and NFTs. And I would love to know why do you think this is and how did you came into crypto or NFTs? Mm-hmm. Um, I got into crypto in 2016, uh, mostly through poker. So Bitcoin has just been a medium of transfer for 21-year-olds that you know don't have the best standing with with banks. Uh, not because it's illegal, but just because they <laughs> they they uh, are maybe not used to us as a as user base. Let's say it like this. Um, so Bitcoin uh, quite early then 2017. Um, ICO craziness, so I was a bit involved in that. Uh, won money with Bitcoin, but lost money with ICOs. So, kind of learning that trading shit coins is maybe not the thing I want to be doing. Um, then NFTs, I got in kind of later. Actually, had the it, it, crypto. I actually always have this kind of story. So my friends are really, really deep into crypto, and they've always. They never pushed me super hard, but they've always shared with me. So it was always just like, hey, you know, check this out. Check out DeFi. Like, hey, don't you want to get into DeFi? Like in 2019 and 20. And like, um, don't you want to get into NFTs? Like I actually had um, Mike McDonald, a, a friend of mine. He was multiple times we talked about punks like quite early and he was just like, yeah, you know, I bought a couple and like this guy, he has like 300 of them. Like he's, and he started giving me advice. So he was just like, oh, you know, you should buy this one and you should buy that one. And this one is really underpriced. And I was just always like, ah, oh, yeah, I had a lot of, a lot to do with my company at that time. I was like, yeah, at, at some point I will like, um, I, I, and it never really clicked. You know, I, I kind of just like looked a bit at it and I was like, ah, oh, okay. Uh, fifteen thousand for like a JPEG. I that that was my mindset at the time. I was like, ah, I don't really get it. Like, I I th- I think they're very smart. So that's why I was like, huh, okay, um, this this is interesting. And then I personally was also, oh, okay, um, the people I hear from who are into this, like, this is generally a sign um, that I that I think is really relevant. Who's in a project, and. Then that passed a little bit. And then I had more time in the summer and I was like, okay, this is really exciting. I, I took a look more at the projects themselves, at the summer, idea. Summer last year? Or? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, and Pachi Penguins was the first project and I just absolutely oh loved it. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> I was so just exciting. like, okay. I, I, and I was, I was uh, buying, like I, I wanted to say I was trading. No, I was buying penguins for like, a month straight <laughs> so it's just i uh, me and two friends we just bought like i don't know 40 30 to 40 of them for multiple different friends like myself uh it was just uh yeah we i was grinding every day you know i was online i was like oh what's the floor and and what are what are crowns going at and when uh, it was just it was just really fun to refresh every single day and kind of look and, and have this nerd talk again, which, which kind of reminded me of poker back then of like what's overpriced and what's underpriced and what we like and looking for good combinations. And that was just a, a really fun uh, one or two months. And then I guess now it's just a really strong emotional connection where uh, I see something beyond 
any attachment to it, right? Like I, I, I have experienced the community, obviously, and I have had some contact with the previous founders. But for me, it was really more about the what I emotionally attach with the image and and the the story of it. And I, that's a lot for me. I, I really connect a lot with it. So you are your penguin, and your penguin is you. I am my penguin. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can say so. You are your penguins, but this is your favorite one, I guess. It right? is indeed my favorite one, yes. Yeah, I, I'd love to know because you're the crown-up guy. Is this yeah. a name you came up with or is this like something uh, somebody else came up with? And no, obviously, it's, the, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, my only nickname from poker days. So crowns are really close to my heart. And uh, also, for some reason, other people have been calling me the young prince for some time, so, which doesn't really resemble my character. But like, that's why I think I have uh, I, I have a knack for crowns. Yeah, that's. I mean, and so so this is, I guess, why you you have one crown. Or I do have four. I think three, four. I actually, it's like no way. I, yeah, I I think I have three in my in my main wallet, as far as I know. But I'm, I have actually uh, some really nice ones. I have a, a a little bit snowman looking one, which I like a lot. But I I started with this one, and this was the first. I think this was the first I bought. So I, I'm really emotionally attached, let's say, like that. Oh, this is really, really nice. You know, because um, for me too, actually, Pachi Penguins got me into NFTs. And before I, I I couldn't wrap my head around it either. Like, oh, why are people paying so much for a JPEG, right? But once you, you own a JPEG, and especially if it's, <laughs> that, if it's that cute, you know, it really it changes your attitude. Like you really, it, 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 I don't know, it changes you and, and it, you're really emotionally attached and it's, it's kind of part of your online identity, I think. Yeah. At least, at least for me. So, um, that's, that, so did you, did you get it before the New York Times article or after? I think that must have been slightly before, but I'm not, I, I don't remember. I mean, time flies, like it feels like five years ago, so I, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I think I got I got my I got a floor patchy like not this obviously that's not a floor patchy but I got I got uh, floor patchy uh, I think one day or two days before this New York Times article came out. Then I was like, oh my goodness, what's this? So, so you timed it perfectly. I yes, obviously, all deliberately. I did time it perfectly. No, obviously, it was all luck. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was really exciting to write, and then I I bought some more patches, and then I bought this one that I have, um, which uh, yeah, it's just like so cute. Um, so and yeah, I don't know. So I, I can completely relate that you are emotionally attached to it. So I think we have, by the way, I, I now got Santi up on stage, like a fellow yeah. Pachi penguin. You, you raised your hand from the start. So GM Santi. GM, GM. Hello, Pedro. Hello, Caroline. Uh, thanks for stopping me uh, to talk. Oh, oh, well, I've been playing poker professionally for like six or seven years. Uh, I'm currently retired. <laughs> you know what, what Pedro said about the, the downswings, the stress. All the mental, all the mental things. Uh, it happens when you play poker. It's absolutely true. It's not easy to handle those things. Uh, you play nine hours a day, thirty tables. 
uh, is something is something that is not easy for everyone. But uh, the reason I did it is is because I'm from Argentina and it was really good money here. So I was playing for a big stable, BBC Staking. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, uh, I, you know, when you play uh, poker, you have your nickname and you also have your avatars on the on the table. Yeah. And I uh, and I started to see uh, like the patchy penguins everywhere, especially from you, because <laughs> for the people that are here, you. You probably don't know how how big Fedor is in the poker world. He's like a legend. <laughs> so I I saw the Apache penguin there, and I and I was what what is this? So I had to to do some little investigation about them, and, and he got me into the Apache penguins. <laughs> I ended up buying, buying five of them. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, not only fair, but on the tables there there are a lot of patches. Like I, I <laughs> patchy penguins are everyone. I I was uh, actually um, <laughs> I helped like a few poker players buy one, and uh, I think we kicked off a little uh, a little snowstorm. Like everyone wanting to get in on 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 it because it's so cool when you see it on the table and you you know someone plays high stakes or plays a high stakes tournament and then you see him oh he has this penguin avatar like what is this like it's just so cool it's so cool and it's such such a meme and then like especially your your one is like a kind of i mean i could say now has a poker face because you know it's like it's it's still and it just it just looks at you and i don't know it it it's kind of an irony you know to to play with something like this yeah. i think so so by the way now we have burko up on stage burko is like the man who kept the huddle alive during like the, the I, I know. great blizzard burko in the house what's GM up burko Burk. hey guys what's up yeah fellow i have two questions for you um Firstly, um, I wanted to ask, what made you sort of stick with your penguin conviction, even when the reputation of the project was in the gutter? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that you just asked one first. I, 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 for me, it was actually really. Even now, it's really straightforward. I guess I have listed penguins from time to time. But every single time I looked at it, I was like, ah, no, I don't want to sell this one. <laughs> and and it's, it's really been the same. Like, I, I look at it, no, this is not a floor painting. This is a beauty, you know, this is a beauty. And it's just kind of, like, it's a mix of it where, um, I mean, at this point, I have a, a, a couple hundred ETH <laughs> exposure. So I'm like, always, bought, I think I haven't, so, I have sold maybe one or two over the time and I've bought like dozens. So, uh, yeah. So you're bearish. I'm extremely bullish, and the reason why I'm so <laughs> bullish is because it's it's really the the emotion. Like I I think sometimes our brain overrides like uh, the emotion. It's like ah you know price goes down like oh now it's zero point seven ETH. Like for me this was more like I like this. Doesn't matter. Like why why did I buy it in the first place? You know, why, why is now the price having such a bit? No, it's the opposite. Now it's cheap. Now I want more, you know, like now, now I want, I want to buy and not to sell. So whenever the price was going down, I was like, okay, great. Like better entry point. So, um, I, I don't know. I just love the image. 
I love what people connect with it. I love the emotion it sparks in people. And I see, I think that it is highly abstractable to lots of different areas. I think that you can build a brand around it that can move much, much, much more than just being, you know, oh, this is a penguin. No, I think you can have a big impact on, uh, in a variety of areas. Got it. Love it. Um, last question. If we have an, a meetup somewhere in Europe, will you be there? Of course. I mean, it depends where in Europe, but uh, I would, I mean, I've seen the Miami meetups. A good friend of mine has been on one. Um, I mean, I, I think uh, we, we need to level up the, the event management. <laughs> but okay. uh, if, if, if you need help with uh, managing a really nice Pudgy Penguin event, uh, then uh, we, we're going to blow this out of the water and I'm ready to, ready to help. So I think it's time for showing the world how, how to organize a Pudgy Penguin event. Gotcha. I'll definitely hit you up on that one. <laughs> for sure. All right, thank you. Yay, can't wait. Guys, I'm based in, 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 in Europe too, so please, let's make it I know, happen. I know. <laughs> yes, yes, Berk, you're in charge now of this, please. Um, so, so one thing I, I wanted to ask, uh, yeah, Victor is also in Europe. Victor is, is winking. Yeah, Victor in the house, yay. Right. So, so Fede, oh, well, uh, yay. We, it's just a question who of the two is there, but... <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to love to do so. I mean, for me, it's also I, I think around that's what I mean by abstraction. You know, when you do events like that, when um, when you really show that, hey, this is more right. Like, I think that's that's what I mean by that is, yeah, people, you know, you see an image, you start with something, but then it's about, OK, you create content, you create events, you create experiences, you um, you look for synergies, you you know, you have merchandise, you have mechan like different partnerships with different brands for so many ideas that are possible. And then suddenly it's not an image anymore, right? Then suddenly it's a brand, like the same way the Nike logo in the beginning, you can also say, oh, it's just, you know, it's just something. But then it becomes something that people associate a lot of things with. And, and uh, I think that's, uh, that can be even stronger with uh, something like, the pudgies for example yeah completely agree and i mean the pudgies have been in mainstream media so so often i mean like next to bot apes i think pudgies are maybe the most mentioned uh, pfps uh, i mean obviously first because they were cute and, and cheeky and whatnot and then because of all the trauma but i think you know they are so easily recognizable and it's it's yeah it's it's really uh, it has so much potential and really this this brand potential and this big brand potential. Totally agreed. Yeah. So um, one thing I I wanted to ask you. So so basically, when you went into so when you went into NFTs, did you did you expect like to make a twenty x or something or was it was it more for fun? I mean, you went in because of the Pachi penguins and say they are cute, but maybe you're you're trading other um, JPEGs. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a mix. And uh, funnily enough, the ones that I liked the most performed the best, and I actually performed really poorly with uh, <laughs> with buying things because I believe they go up. So I mean. I guess it's it's difficult because it's mostly art blocks and basically everyone has been losing on art blocks since then. Um, so it's not like 
that but I that there definitely I bought into the hype. Like I I I think it was partly looking at the art, but then that becoming less and less relevant. The more and more people around me were like, "Oh, you got to get into this, and you got to get into that, and you got to get into this." And um, there was something about like if I think back, for example, I liked uh, Squiggles for some reason. Um, I and and that was one of the ones where there wasn't such a crazy amount of hype around it was it like and i think differentiating these things of like where was it super hyped and where was it more like okay um kind of more uh, an appreciation for what it stands for and i think i had a hard time di- differentiating that in the beginning so um i think the ones yeah i would summarize the ones that i bought because i i looked at it and i was like oh i like this i feel the best about owning today let's say it like that Oh, this is this is so so good because uh, in in traditional art you say oh you should buy uh, with your eyes and not with your ears you know so you should really buy what mm. you like and it's interesting to see that um, it it worked out for for you JPEG wise too basically yeah I in traditional art I did much much better I I would say every single uh, art piece I own um, I didn't like it wasn't ah is this this much or will it go up it was more like i buy it because i want exactly this piece and um i think in jpeg world like trading nfts it's more frictionless and easier to access and therefore it was also sometimes like ah let me just mint this crap for like one eth (laughs) you know or sometimes also oh you know this uh this art block seems like it's going up let me just buy 10 for like you know 10 eth or whatever so um, these were definitely moments that that happened that I uh, that I learned from. Let's say like that. And now I would say I'm at ninety five percent buying things I like, and that just feels better. It's like I don't actually care so much about how much money it makes. It's more like two months later I feel good about, uh, and I, I I would feel good about owning a hundred penguins. You know, I wouldn't. I I would feel much better about it than owning uh, something else that I don't that I don't feel that bullish about. Yeah, and also not connected, right? Because at least when, when I don't know, because the penguins went to, through so much fat and, and they were like uh, uh, below one ease and whatnot, you know. But still, I think the community was amazing all the time. And we still had like our amazing memes and funny memes. And we had the community. So even though the, the JPEG kind of went down almost to like um, close to nothing, you know, like, there was still some intrinsic value, you know. Yeah, that's true. I guess uh, that's that's what matters. Yeah, most definitely. And last question, because we are at the sixty-minute mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you? I, I guess you you have played already uh, poker against fellow Pachi Penguins, right? I did. I, I actually started the <laughs> poker tournament together with Burko. Uh, no. I mean, Burko was the man who who put it all in motion, but. Uh, I, I DM'd him twice and annoyed him about uh, hey we need a we need a pango poker tournament. No way, this is exciting. So yeah, I can't I can't actually wait now for for your live event, Burke. Maybe it has like a little poker element. I don't know. Like knowing Burke, it's all possible. I mean that's uh, n- not an option. It's it's a must. It's uh, nothing to Burke. You can't get out of this one. It's it's set. We're gonna play a live live poker tournament uh ho- hopefully in vienna so i can help organize or uh 
Amsterdam or some nice city where we can all get together. I'm down for it, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. So here, guys, you heard some alpha. We are, we are all coming to Vienna and and having like a Prachi Penguin Europe party and, and oh, playing poker. This is super exciting. Yay. So, Burke, now, now you see, um, we can't wait for you to organize. Um, yeah, so I, I would say because now we are at the 60, over the 60-minute mark, and I think you are based in, in, um, in Austria, so it might be, so it's already nine o'clock here, so it must be like 10 or something. Yes. So, yes, so I, I would say, because um, also it seems... Time to call yeah. it a night. Yes, exactly. So let's let's call it a night and let's meet in person with Berko organizing it. Very exciting. So I would say thank you so so much uh, first to the to the audience uh, for for listening in, and then uh, obviously lots uh, like a big big thank you to you, Fida, for for coming into the show. Like it it was so exciting, and yeah, I got so many DMs beforehand with like excited Pachi penguins. Were like, oh, Fida, that's my idol. Like, oh my goodness, this is so epic. So I think you you made a lot of Pachi penguins happy uh by by coming into the show so thank you so so much and yeah can't wait to 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 um meet in person and with berg organizing um so yeah big big thank you and uh, would you like to say any any last words any anything where we should follow you or something no i think uh i mean you can see my twitter account here but i i just uh, actually really enjoyed this conversation um and I, I could, I could identify again how much I when when you asked me about penguins, like I, it's just, I don't know, it's just something I I extended that uh, to Luca as well to support, um, because it's really something at this point now, and I think sometimes this develops, right? You spend so much time on something, and then, then you're invested, you're you're in it, and that's how I feel about it. Is like I'm I'm somehow emotionally really invested, and so I'm I'm ready to, um, help build, um, pudgy penguins to whatever you know wherever the journey might take us but uh something bigger hopefully and uh i'm excited for the future so let's make it great and have all a wonderful evening thank you so so much uh gn gn everyone or gm depending where you live and uh yeah let's let's make the patches moon most definitely <laughs> very very excited and uh speak very soon thank you so so much Bye-bye. Bye-bye.